TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's 930 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazrowski outside currently looking at a few snow flurries. 32 degrees in Buffalo. All right, let's start with the National Weather Service this morning. Meteorologist Dave Thomas is joining us. Dave, it looks like some more wintry weather this week. What are we looking at? Yes, we do have light snow outside here for today. And later on tonight and Tuesday, we're going to have another storm system impacting western New York. What does that look like? Because a lot of the headlines, and uh, we're talking about a lot of snow around the Albany area, maybe more central New York. Are we seeing a lot of that or something different? Uh, Correct. It'll be the same storm system that will be uh, bringing a lot of snow out east of, like, Interstate 81. But towards our neck of the woods here in Buffalo, it's going to be much more manageable with uh, just a few inches of snow around the Buffalo metro area. Just a few inches, and is there going to be wind with it as well? Uh, yes, there will be a little bit of wind here, uh, especially on Tuesday afternoon and evening. Uh, a little below in snow uh, to go along with the uh, two to such as four inches of snow right here in the Buffalo metro area. All right, so we're looking at some snow. Um, do we have a, a good idea of exactly when we'll know how much and uh, when we can expect to start really getting ready for it? Uh, yes, uh, the snowfall, um, yeah, two to four inches here in the Buffalo metro area, will be arriving here late tonight. Uh, a little bit more down towards the Boston Hills, Chautauqua Ridge, uh, four to eight inches. And that's where we'll actually have some winter weather advisories in effect uh, starting late tonight. And then again, as you get further east of Buffalo, the snowfall amounts do go up. All right. So, again, where are the advisories posted for? The advisories are for Southern Erie County, uh, as well as the Southern Tier, um, and east of Buffalo uh, for like Orleans, Genesee, Wyoming County, are all under advisories starting uh, tonight. Okay, and uh, so we'll be watching out for that, and ski country getting some snow yet again. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Dave Thomas over at the National Weather Service, joining us live this morning. Already got our snow for March, I thought, but uh, more is on the way. Hey. At least we're not Albany. Right. You see some of the uh, totals there. They're talking between now and Wednesday, like three feet, uh, four feet, you know, in uh, some areas. So we're not there, uh, but we are going to get a little bit of snow. And I think spring arrives a week from today. How about that?
while out-of-control teens are forcing the library to take drastic action downtown. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry. Buffalo Central Library is cutting their hours to close at 3 p.m. on weekdays after numerous incidents regarding violence amongst teenage students. Library Director John Spears explains. You know, these would occasionally just be fights between a few people. Occasionally they'd be brawls that would involve 20 or 30 people in the library. We have had threats. Uh, made against staff. We've had a tremendous amount of verbal abuse, not just towards uh, patrons, but towards staff. And we have had incidents of violence. Spears says this is a temporary solution to a temporary problem. The library is exploring solutions which include conversations with the Buffalo peacemakers. You know, we have uh, been looking at metal detectors, but that's just a, a part of this. We're looking at bringing in community organizations such as the peacemakers that can be a part of helping to keep the situation in the library under control, but then also they have a tremendous track record of working successfully with youth in this community, and that is the ultimate hope that we have, to take a situation that exists and turn it into a positive situation. Erie County Executive Mark Poincar said in a statement that he is talking with Mayor Byron Brown and the library to help come up with a plan to help get the hours of the library back to normal. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, much more on this uh, coming throughout the morning. We'll be speaking with the library director later on. A rare meeting of the Biden administration and lawmakers in Washington over the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. In a sign of just how serious the situation is with Silicon Valley Bank and now Signature Bank in New York, which was shut down on Sunday, a congressional aide tells ABC News on Sunday evening there was a bipartisan members-only briefing with the Biden administration for both the House and the Senate. It was a virtual briefing, and it's highly unusual to have both chambers, all lawmakers on such a call. The Fed, Treasury, and FDIC say all customers at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank will get all of their money back, even beyond what is federally insured. Alex Stone, ABC News. All right, and overnight, HSBC agreed to purchase Silicon Valley Bank UK, the British subsidiary of Silicon Valley Bank. No terms were announced, but the move will protect depositors. Meanwhile, financial experts not painting a pretty picture when it comes to how much Americans have saved up Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. With inflation and interest rates on the rise, bank rates, Mark Hamrick says emergency savings are dwindling for many Americans. Only 43% of Americans can pay an emergency expense of $1,000 or more from savings. That's a survey that we completed and uh, published uh, in, in the, the last month or so. Hamrick says 49% of Americans have less or no savings compared to a year ago. 10% had no savings last year and still don't. He notes many of those have credit card debt to deal with. This is something that uh, obviously is a function of trying to accomplish a variety of financial goals. And the reality is that that's become more difficult in an environment where inflation has been rampant and continuing. Hamrick says the opportunity to boost your savings through high yield rates is your best bet right now. Find out why online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. It's becoming a crowded field for Buffalo's Ellicott District Council seat. Leah Halton-Pope announcing over the weekend she's running for the seat being vacated at the end of the year by Council President Darius Pridgen. Halton-Pope is a senior policy director to Assembly Majority Leader Crystal People-Stokes. On Saturday, Cedric Holloway, a veteran Buffalo police officer, announced his candidacy. Previously, Reverend Michael Chapman, Matt Deering announcing they are running 
for the Ellicott seat. Bruce Springsteen's planned performance Tuesday in Albany has become the third concert in a week postponed because of an illness. The postponements come a month into Springsteen's first major tour in six years. Springsteen's scheduled to play in Buffalo at Key Bank Center on the 23rd. Ooh, all right. A lot of people are kind of watching this yeah. and hoping that it doesn't extend over or... I don't know. Maybe you. I. What do you. What do you hope? You don't want like a half <laughs> Wells Springsteen no, you or want E Street 100%. band uh, when you paid five hundred dollars or, or something more. a ticket. So right, I don't wasn't know. that that dynamic pricing? Yeah, that was the uh, the big first. I mean, yeah. it's only every other show now is uh, the same same exact way. But it was the first one that you know everyone right. got that sticker shock for. You've already waited a year. You know, you spent that money forever ago. And now you're waiting a little longer and a little longer. You're hoping you're not waiting right. a little bit longer. Uh, 23rd is that show. And how about this? The 95th Annual Academy Awards last night. Here's some of the big winners. It was the film to beat at this year's Academy Awards. I can see where this story is going. The result, no contest for everything, everywhere, all at once. The runaway winner scooping up seven Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Director. The World War I drama, All Quiet on the Western Front, getting Best Cinematography and Best International Feature. Haven't any fun yet? Then there's Top Gun Maverick taking the prize for Best Sound, while Avatar the way of water getting oscar gold for best visual effects backstage at the dolby theater matt wolf abc news hollywood here exclusive wben 7 weather forecast cloudy skies with light snow off and on today mixing with a little rain this afternoon temperatures in the mid 30s for your tuesday snow is likely it'll be breezy as well temperatures near 30 degrees Wednesday morning, the snow will wind down. We'll have partly sunny skies in the afternoon with highs in the upper 30s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We're joined on the line by the director of the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries, John Spears, to talk about closing uh, down on hours in the Buffalo Central Library. After 3 o'clock on weekdays, the library will be closed. John, thanks so much for joining us i want to just first start with the decision and the reason behind it had to be a tough one because i'm you know imagining 3 p.m and later on weekdays that has to be when a bulk of people can get to the library you know this wasn't an easy decision at all but it was one that we made knowing that it would hopefully be temporary and brief just as we kind of finalized some plans on how we can return to normal hours in a manner that everyone who's using the library in that time feels safe and welcome. All right, so closing at 3 o'clock, is it really a solution, even a temporary one? Because aren't you really just sending kids somewhere else? You know, we don't necessarily see this as the solution, but we do see it as a way that we can arrive at a permanent solution. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that you said that, you know, sending these kids something else, somewhere else, because we really do want the focus in this to be on the kids. And when they started showing up at the library a few months ago, it was something that at first we were pretty excited about. Um, anytime you can get that many teens in a library, it's, it's, it's considered a good thing. But as some of the incidents that were occurring kind of outgrew our ability to handle them, we realized that we needed to take a pause and figure out how we can move forward in a way that keeps the teams here. We don't want to chase these teams away. We want them to feel that the library is a place that welcomes them, that has services that can help them, whether it's with their academics, whether it's to entertain them. But we could not do that with where we were at this point last week. What are these problems exactly? 
You know, it, it really um, it, it varies quite a bit. Uh, it can be anything from, you know, just scuffles involving a few students to full-blown brawls that are involving 30 or 40 students. Um, it's re- we haven't had anyone seriously injured. I want to stress that. One of the reasons that we did this was to make sure that that doesn't happen and so that we can have the things in place to make sure that it doesn't happen. But there was, you know, everything from verbal confrontations to some physical confrontations, and it was getting beyond the ability of our own security force to be able to keep the atmosphere the one that we thought people deserve when they walked through our doors. Is it also a staffing issue at the library? You know, I, I think that when we talk about staffing, um, the library has definitely seen, you know, staffing cuts going back 20 years. Um, you know, the Central Library has seen its staff cut dramatically over the past over the past several decades. Um, I don't want to say that this is necessarily a staffing issue in terms of security, although that is definitely a part of it. Our security team works very hard, and we're working rapidly to try to rebuild it. But it's been hard to hire people on uh, for library security. But we also want to make sure that we have staff who are trained and can specialize in how to serve teams. And so we're looking at staffing in two different areas. One is security, and then one is staff that can that can serve this population. Is the answer just simply, do you need more police officers there? And, you know, I don't want to be offensive to the profession, but I'm picturing my average librarian and it's not the person I would expect to break up any kind of fight. You know, it's um, I. I think there's a lot of different ways that this could be approached, <clears throat> and you know, the security and a disciplinarian approach is is one that could have an effect. But I think when we look at the history of where these teams have been and what's been happening, you know, not just here in Erie County or Buffalo, but even throughout the country. Um, we want to try to create a positive space for them. And that is the hope. I think that there are going to have to be elements of both. I think there's going to have to be a stronger presence of, um, of, of something resembling enforcement, but I don't want that to be the answer. I'm really hoping that we can work with the community, work with these kids, to create something that's not just seen as punishment, but is seen as a place that they want to be where they want to behave. Well, are, are these kids, you know, if you're going there and we're talking about, uh, you know, large scale fight, you're mentioning 20 to 30 kids, or even, you know, honestly, it's a library, even a scuffle between two kids in a library. I, are they really going there to take advantage of the services the library offers? Because that's not a place you would ever expect to be in any kind of fight. I, I mean, any sort of fight, you would think that's like a library permanent ban or something like that. You know, in the past it is, and and we try to do that. Um, the nature of a fight when you have 30 or 40 people, honestly, at that point, is just to try to um, clear the area and move that fight outside, um, just into a, a, away from the patrons in, in, in the library. So I, I think that very often this is, portrayed as kind of an either or when the reality is it can be a both and it can be security and it can be service are there people who are coming here not necessarily to use the library there's no question about that but you know the library serves a lot of purposes in the community it's not just a place for books anymore 
you know, it's a place for people to socialize, for people to attend programs, for people to have experiences, not just to read books. So we just want to make sure that we're actually offering those experiences and those services that are going to be attractive to the people who are here. This library is not what it was 10 years ago. Ever since, you know, let's be honest, since COVID, the downtown is not what it used to be. There's, you know, the occupancy rate here isn't where it's at. There's not as many business people here. And the people who are using the library are not the people who were using it before the pandemic. We need to adapt to this group, and we need to be able to provide them with what it is they're looking for, not provide things for who was walking through these doors 10 years ago. You know, John, I'm thinking, what about, and I'm wondering if you've had any conversations with Buffalo Peacemakers, just to have them stationed after school hours in the library. I am so glad you bring that up. Actually, we started conversations with the Peacemakers um, several weeks ago. And we had a wonderful meeting uh, with Pastor Giles actually last week. Um, The peacemakers are actually one of the things that we're seeing as a trigger to returning normal hours. We are in the process of working up a contract with them, and uh, we know that they will be a very important part of us returning. You know, you brought up the police department earlier. I think that a group like the Peacemakers that actually comes from the communities that these students are from is going to be the best answer. The Peacemakers were in the library several years ago. Um, last time, that there was something that kind of approximated what we're experiencing right now. And they had tremendous success. And we're hoping that we can see that success with them once again. We're talking about the library, especially the Central Library downtown with John Spears. He's director of the Buffalo Erie County Public Libraries, cutting hours after three because of some of the fights they're seeing around that time when school lets out. All right, John, I I mean, I'll speak for myself. We don't use the Central Library downtown, but I'm at the library all the time. Uh, especially with my toddler. It's you know, a great place to utilize just about everything. We're getting a ton of books. We're uh, checking out you know, some of the computers there. They got the programs. We'll read a book to you and everything like that. I mean, there's a whole lot of great stuff going on at the library. There's one fight there, uh, you know, after school hours. I'm not going there again. You know, I'll go somewhere else and take my kid because it's not something I want to even deal with. What's your message to families out there who enjoy the library, they take their kids there. Can they feel safe? Yes, they can. And, you know, you, you bring up the, a few things that I, could, I can talk about there. One is we do have 36 locations. We have 37 locations total, so 36 outside of the central library. None of those are affected. All of those are keeping their same hours. I mean, I should mention that Crane Library and the Gonzalez Library are closed for construction right now. But this is only affecting central. And when you talk about wanting a safe environment for people and that if you saw a fight, you might not come back, you just hit the nail on the head for why we're doing what we're doing. Um, We wanted to shut this down, and we wanted to find an answer as quickly as possible. We'd already started those conversations, and we're already well on the way. We don't want people to walk in and experience anything other than a welcoming environment. And we look forward to being able to have that once again at the Central Library very soon. But do you worry that shortening the hours might diminish the need for the Central Library overall? I think that there's a lot of things we could look at as what could happen um, with us doing this. And 
I'm hoping that the people that might have been in here over the past few months and didn't feel welcome will just recognize that we're taking the steps that we need to take in order to make them feel welcome again. When we do reopen to the full hours, hopefully there'll be some changes here. Hopefully it will be a place that will be a little bit better than it was before we closed. That's the goal is not to necessarily even go back because obviously what we had before there was the potential for issues. We want to create something better and we'll do everything we can to get people back through these doors so that they can start enjoying the central library again. You mentioned a lot of different library branches. It's only affecting the central library. Why only here? You know, I think that there's a lot of reasons potentially for that. I mean, it is the largest library in our system. It is a library that is a bus exchange. We have a bus exchange under the Ellicott Library, uh, under the Ellicott Overpass. Um, you know, there's any number of reasons, I think, for why we might suddenly have seen such an influx of kids. Um, I don't know that I can point to one exact thing. What I can say is that we want to look forward to how we can serve those kids now that they're here. John, we're glad you could take the time for us this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.